uh, we, are, we are wide open in this building program. Say amen right there. Uh, we, how many of y'all saw the, uh, the framework for the tent out there? Did y'all get to see that? Look, Ray Charles could see that. Come on, people. All right. You had to strip over to get in here. Amen? Unless you parked in the back. But anyway, well, you couldn't park in the back. You can't come that way. You had to see it. Amen? Uh, it, it's taken up, it's taken up a, a quite a bit of uh, the parking out there. And, uh, and most of you know, I, when we started all this thing, I said, you know, this is going to get aggravating. And, and some, some areas, some, some would park interceding, that type of thing. Uh, but we're, we're going to tough it out. We're going to get through it and make it. Because, uh, uh, listen, it's more important than where we park or where we sit. Amen? Amen? Uh, we last matter of fact, Wednesday night, the, the, when we first got the framework built and took away about uh, a lot of our parking, uh, it came a flood. I mean, a torrential typhoon, uh, hurricane tornado. Say amen. I mean, it was rough. Matter of fact, they finally let me drive the car. Uh, I've been wanting to do that, but they won't let me because I had to be up here where we had extra speakers. So now I could drive the car and they have revoked my license. Amen. Uh, it was raining. They said I was going too fast, and I told them I was drafting. Amen? We had a Did anybody in here, anybody ride with me Wednesday night? Did we have some ride with me? See, y'all were safe. Y'all were here. You're in the building. All right. Uh, uh, but anyway, we, we, are really, we are really trying to do everything we can to make it as less uh, aggravating as possible. So, so, so pray with us. And, and, and another thing, help us with the, the, the seating in the rock, our, our overflow seating. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we have this idea, well, I saw an empty seat up there so they could fit me. But what we don't understand when it comes to reaching the unchurched, uh, a lot of us think like church people because we've been going to church so long, we just think like church people. And, and we will sit close to people to go to church because we love Jesus and we want to hear the gospel. And, and it doesn't bother us that much. I mean, we like our space, but we will sit in a crowded building. Lost people will not do that. When your church is 70% full, you're full when it comes to reaching the unchurched. So uh, help us, let, let's, let's stay faithful with this. Let's stay, uh, uh, we've been taking turns going down to the, the overflow. Matter of fact, uh, when we get in the tent, I have a feeling that overflow room's gonna get real popular, <laughs> amen? Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and don't forget, don't forget the tent's gonna be heated and cooled and all that kind of stuff. We're moving one of the units from back here over there and, and it's gonna be really, really good. But please help us be really, really patient. If you have to park a little further, if you, whatever we need to do, uh, we're going to try to leave the concrete area for our seniors and our handicapped. So uh, if you're not a senior or handicapped, please help us with that. We, we've got carts flying around, so that, that will help you with your seating. But I promise you this, it's a small, small sacrifice uh, to make. And, and you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about in just a minute. So if y'all will help us with that, uh, say amen right there. All right. And matter of fact, uh, I, I was looking around. I was looking around at the uh, at the building and everything that's going on. And I'm telling you what, church, God has blessed Temple Baptist Church. Amen. Luke chapter five in verse number twenty seven. Luke five in verse twenty seven. I'll pray and then we'll 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 preach just a little bit uh, uh, this morning. The Bible says, and after these things, have you found your spot? Verse twenty seven. And after these things, he went forth, this is talking about Jesus, and he saw a publican, a, a tax collector. He was a, he was a Jewish tax collector r receiving taxes for the Romans. Uh, everybody thought he was a traitor. Everybody thought that uh, he was a sellout. And he comes, Jesus comes to Levi, and we know him as Matthew. This is the, Levi 
was his former name, he was named Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me, follow me. And he left all, say that with me, and he, everybody say, and he rose up and followed him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness and and. Uh, Lord, help me, help me to say what I'm supposed to say. I, 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 I feel real burdened in this area. Uh, Lord, please help me to, to bring forth the message you'd have me to bring. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hold those, hold those, those things toward the end. I'm probably going to do that at the end, all right? Uh, this, this Wednesday... This Wednesday, as Brother Jeff was, was, was telling us earlier, we were able to hear from one of our missionaries in the Middle East, in Syria, in Jordan. How many of y'all have been watching the news and seeing what's going on with ISIS and everything? <coughs> Boy, the devil's fighting me today. <coughs> this Wednesday... This Wednesday, after, after the, uh, the, the, the meeting was over here at, at the church... <coughs> We went and got something to eat and was fellowshipping a little bit, and, and, and he was sharing with me testimonies and stories and so forth and so on. <clears throat> and then the next day, I met him uh, for breakfast the next day, and, and, he, and he brought his laptop, and he began to show me, he began to show me pictures, uh, pictures that he couldn't use Wednesday night because they were too graphic and they were too in, in detail of what's really truly going on in Syria and, and the places that he's ministering to over there. And I saw, I saw living rooms that had families in it. And most of you know, uh, over there, they're, they're, they, they live generational, they're, they're in the same household, in the same, in the same, they'll be grandparents, parents, children. Are y'all with me? Say amen. All in the same home. And, and I saw pictures, I saw pictures of families slaughtered in their own living rooms, laid out the children, the grandparents, all, not just one, but multiple I begin to I begin to see the pictures of refugees, and he showed me he showed me people who were business owners. He showed me people who were very wealthy people in their original country in Syria and Iraq, but now they're homeless. Now they are penniless. Now they are on the street, if you will. They are refugees in another country, and and I mean I mean just story after story after story after story after story that they were they were sharing. Thank you, brother. In uh, uh, in going on in that way and this is this is this is what he said he said their crime was they would not deny Christ y'all with me their crime all they had to do all they had to do was renounce Christ and convert to Islam and they would live they could stay in their homes they could do all of these things and we have we have soldiers we have, we have men and families and children. Uh, they are hanging them on crosses and crucifying them. And, and man, I, I, I was watching, and, and he was telling me uh, about being interrogated and how, how he, was, he, was, he was really fearful for his life, and he was answering the questions and how, how God spared him. And, and we, couldn't even put, we couldn't even put the video on, on, the, on the Internet because of the danger that he's facing when he goes back over there. And, man, I was sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, what, if, what if ISIS was here? What if ISIS, and, I, and, and truly, I mean, I, I don't want to get political and all that kind of stuff, but I believe they are here. And I believe, I believe the things in America is fixing to get really, really bad. 
even beyond where we're at today, but this was, this was my thought. Ladies and gentlemen, this was my thought. How would we stand up? I saw family after family after family, household after household, just slaughtered for their faith because they refused to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I watched that, my heart broke because I look at people who complain because they got to park too far away. They, 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 I, 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 don't, I can't go because it's raining or it's just too inconvenient or it's not comfortable enough. And, and I'm thinking, my Lord, what would happen if something like that took place in America? Our churches would be empty because we're religious and we're comfortable and we're convenient. And as long as it doesn't cost me anything, I will follow Christ. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you today, if you follow Christ, it will cost you everything. Everything. Here we, we see, I, I read this verse, and I couldn't, help, I couldn't help but go a few verses before that when he called Andrew and Peter and, and James and John, and he said, come and follow me. Come, come follow me. And, and the Bible says that they brought their ships to land, and they forsook all and followed him. When he called Matthew, he said, follow me. And the Bible says he left all and followed him. If we're going to follow Christ, it's going to cost and here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. We have churches in all over America that are full of religious people, full of people who know the rules, full of people who know the, the, the language, and they know how to speak Christianese, and, and, and everything's this and that, and, 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 and are they real disciples? We're building a building. I'm tickled to death. I, I, I'm excited. I go out there every day, every, every day. Every day, three or four times a day, he sees me come around. And like, like it's going to be different than 20 minutes I came before. Amen? But I just feel like I'm going to miss something. Amen? I got to see. And I'm just, and I, I, I'm thrilled to death. And I'm, I'm excited about what's happening. I'm excited about what's going on in our church. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid because the Christians in America don't know what's coming. And it's coming. Are we ready? Have we sold out? Or have we just bought into being hip and going to church? And Jesus said, follow me. He gives an invitation. But then, then we read, if we keep on in the book of Luke, there's an expectation. There's an expectation. He says in Luke chapter number 14, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke 14, it's just a few more pages over. He says in Luke 14, he, he tells a crowd, he tells her, if you go in the first part of chapter 14, you'll find that there's, there, there, there are crowds following him because, because Jesus said, go out into the highways and hedges, compel them to come in. He said, let all come, whosoever will, let him come. And, and man, that's the invitation. That's the invitation to everybody come. If you're thirsty, I'm, I'm the living water. If you're the hungry, I'm the bread of life. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. But then he says this, now the crowd is assembled. Now there are crowds all over the place because they want what he has to offer. They want what he's given out. Now he gets serious. Now he gets real. And he said, okay, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to come after me, Luke 14, verse number 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He cannot be my disciple. You see, you see, 
there's too many people trying to fill a building and trying to build bigger buildings and bigger buildings. And I, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But if we're not developing disciples, if we just, here's, 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 here's how I, I, I'm imagining this. Here's how I'm imagining this. The American soldier is awesome. And they're brave. And they're courageous. And, 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 and they will stand in the fight till the fighting's done. And, 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 and then we see, we see soldiers who we have supposed to have trained who they have the bullets and they have the guns and they have the uniforms and they have the tanks. And, and when, the, when it comes down to the real fighting, they laid their guns down and ran. And I'm, I'm seeing in my head, I'm seeing in my head, when, when, when all hell breaks loose in America, how many are going to drop their Bibles and run or how many is going to stand in the fight? How many is going to stay true to Christ? How many could be like these that we see in these pictures who said, I will not deny Christ. I'll give my life before I turn my back on Christ. You see, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, a man must hate his father and his mother. Now, look, 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 it says, unless he hate his, now that word hate there means love less. Say that with me. It means, now he's not telling us to literally hate like I hate broccoli. Are y'all with me? That's not what he said. The word hate here means love less. In other words, your love for me, Jesus says, has got to be here. And everything else has got to be here. Y'all with me? Because I love my mama, amen, and I love my, my, my family and my dad and my sisters and brother, and I, I love them. But God says, you got to love me higher. I've got to be first. I've got to be priority. Even your own life, he says. You've got to love me even beyond your own life. That's why, that's why they were laying in the living room because they loved Jesus more than their own life. He said, or you cannot be my disciple unless you put me first, unless I'm a priority, unless I'm the most important thing to you in your life, you cannot be my disciple. Then he says this, then he says this, unless a man deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Now, I know some of y'all think that your husband is the cross you have to bear, but it's not. <laughs> I've heard people say, this arthritis is just the cross I had to bear. That's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. Jesus said this, the cross was his calling. It was his destiny. He said, for this cause came I into the world. For this reason was I born. I came for Calvary. I know I heal people. I know I help people. I know I change the lives of people. But I came for that cross. When John seen him, he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He said, the cross was my calling. And you see, everyone in here, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you like it or not, you have a calling. You have a cross to bear. You have a gift inside of you that God has put in every single person, and you've got something that he wants you to do. And if you're not willing to sell out and do what God has called you to do, you can't be his disciple. You see, God's not looking for church members. He's looking for disciples. He's not looking for people with a hip band around their wrists and saying, hey, look what, look what Jesus would do. And all. He's looking for sold-out disciples. You say, well, that's awful tight, and that's awful. My goodness, man. Really? Really? Well, see, Jesus knew we'd think that, and he knew that he, we would think that that was kind of intense. So, so he continued. He said, how many of you, 
Well, sit down and build a house. This is right here in the chapter. I'm paraphrasing for time. How many of you would sit down and build a house and wouldn't sit down and see what it was going to cost to build the house first so that you don't get halfway through building the house and run out of money and everybody make fun of you? Y'all with me? How many of y'all have seen houses like that? I've seen them. You see, it's like three-quarters of the way done. And so what happened? Run out of money. And people mock or make fun. That's what Jesus is saying. And then he says this. How many of y'all would go to battle and not see, okay, can we beat these guys or not? If we can't beat these guys, we might need to go and uh, let's have us a treaty. Let's, let's count the cost first. He uses two illustrations, battling and building. The very thing that the church in, in the world today is doing, we're battling evil and we're building a church. Now watch this. Jesus said, now some people say, we need to count the cost. No, we don't. It's already been counted. Jesus said, this is what it takes to be my disciple. I've counted the cost. Unless you put me first, unless you love me more than everything else in this world, you cannot be my disciple unless you're willing to, to, to deny yourself, deny your dreams, your desires, your wishes, your wants, and put me first and follow me. You cannot be my disciple because Jesus is saying this, because this is what it's going to take to get the job done. This is what it's going to take to win the loss. This is what it's going to take to build my church. This is what it's going to take to turn the world upside down. This is what it's going to take to get the kingdom built. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So if you're not willing to do that, you, you can't be a disciple. We're not, we're not here. We're not here just to give people a spiritual relief from the hell they go through during the week. Churches become an entertainment center. Now, we don't like to admit that, and we don't like to say that, but it, it really does because we come in, and we feel better for a little bit, and we go out there, and then we come back, and then we go back, and then our lives are really no different. Our lives have not changed. We're not sold out to Christ. We're not fulfilling the Great Commission. We're not doing what God has called us to do and put in our hearts to do so that when it gets bad, now, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be no doom and gloom, nothing, nothing. Ebola, ISIS, the, 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 the political corruption that's in our country today, the, 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 atmosphere, the, the, the atmosphere that's so anti-Christ and anti-Christian. We have Christian businesses shutting the door in America because they can't follow their own conscience. Places who will not make cakes for same-sex marriages. Places who will not have a wedding because it's, it goes against their conscience and the, the word of God. And our government is shutting them down. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the tip of the iceberg. What's going to happen? Where are we at, church? I know this is missions month. I, I get all that. And I, I don't even know why. But I'm just telling you what God told me. Are we, are we sold out? You know why we'll complain for parking in the back? We haven't left all to follow Jesus. You know why we'll complain about sitting down in the rock? In an air-conditioned building with padded pews, with HD screens, because we haven't left all. 
We've got our own agenda. We've got our own preferences. We've got our own little deal. And we try to squeeze Jesus into this if he fits. You know why we won't give our tithes and we won't be generous and, and do that? Because he don't fit in our plan. Let me tell you why a whole family's laying in a living room. Because it's all about Christ. They've decided to leave all and follow him. Paul said this. Paul said this. He said, I've lost everything. You know the Apostle Paul? He was a wealthy guy. He, he, he was a wealthy, religious Basically, hero, he was way up, in, and I mean, he had it made in the shade, drinking lemonade. Say amen. He had it all. And when he followed Christ, he left it all. And you know what he said? This is amazing to me. He said, I have suffered the loss of all things. And you know what I think about him? I count them but dung. Now, we country enough know what that is, don't we? <laughs> For you city people in here, that's manure, all right? He said, everything that I gave up, it's nothing but dung that I may win Christ. Listen, his expectation, he's first primarily, period. No ifs, ands, buts about it. No, no arguing, no debating. He's first in our life. Now flip over to Luke 18, because some of y'all are really wigged out right now. Look, <clears throat> Luke 18, Luke 18, verse 28. <clears throat> the Bible says, you know, Peter, he's kind of like us. He, I, I like Peter so much because he, he just saved whatever was on his mind. It got him in trouble a lot, but, but he was real, amen? He said, now, Lord, we've done left everything. We've left all to follow you. And he's kind of, he's this is his mentality. What do we get out the deal? Are y'all with me? Can y'all see that in this? We've left all to follow you. Now, watch what Jesus says. This is so good. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man. You remember what Jesus said in, in the other chapter? He said, Unless a man hate his father and his mother, sister, his brother, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Remember that? Remember that? He said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. Read it with me, everybody. Who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. We saw Christ's invitation. He said, come and follow me. We see Christ's expectation. He said, you must leave all and put me first. Then we see Christ's compensation. Yeah, I said it, compensation. You'll never outgive God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. How many of y'all have ever heard of King Tut? Raise your hand if you heard of King Tut. They found, they found King Tut's tomb. <clears throat> Dude was loaded. Are y'all with me? His, his coffin was solid gold. 
they had the, the, the rooms that they found his body in was full of gold. There was solid gold chariots. Chariots. Are y'all with me? Pulled by horses. Amen? Y'all with me? Chariots. Solid gold in these rooms. They said there was rooms within rooms that were within rooms that were all solid gold. He died about, they estimated about 19 years old. And, and the way he left was kind of symbolic of the way he lived. There, because a lot in the, those in that day believed that they could take that to the underworld. Well, what he didn't realize is what Job realized. Naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return. Are y'all with me? So here he is living his life, living, having everything. And he tried to take it with him. But do you realize just a little space from where they found King Tut's tomb? There's a little graveyard. Back alleys, back streets, overgrown. A little graveyard for American missionaries. And in that, in that graveyard, you'll find a, 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 a tombstone with the name William Borden on the tombstone. William Borden was a very wealthy man. He was a young man who, who was born into wealth. His father made his riches in the silver industry. I mean a multi-multi-millionaire. Here he is, 16 years old, graduates high school. Smart. 16 years old. His parents give him a trip around the world for his, for his high school deal. And, 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 and so on this trip, his heart gets burdened for the people of this world. You see, he's a believer in Christ. He's saved, and he, he starts seeing broken people. He starts seeing needy people, and he realizes, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't spend my life in wealth and pleasure. And he decides to be a missionary. You can imagine how that went over with Pops. Say amen. I'm going to give it all up. He went to the university, graduated the university, and, and, and listen, went to Egypt to learn the language because he felt like God had called him to the Muslim people in China. So he went to Egypt to learn Arabic so he could reach the Muslim people. While he was in Egypt, he contracted meningitis and died at the age of 25. 25. And... and the people, they had his funeral there and buried him there in Egypt, and they found his Bible. They took his Bible, and they sent his Bible back, to, uh, uh, back home to his parents, and his parents found the Bible. And as they were going through the Bible, they found a place in the Bible where he wrote two words, no reserves. You see, and there was a date beside the two words, no reserves. The date was the time that he gave up everything. It was the moment in his life when he gave up his wealth, he gave up his, his inheritance to serve God. It, you could say this, it was the moment that he got up from the tax collector's booth and followed Jesus. No reserves. Then they found another place in his Bible where he wrote two more words. No retreat. And there was a date beside it. And it was this date that his father told him he would never be allowed back into the family business because of the decision to follow Christ. And with that news, he wrote in his Bible, no retreat. No retreat. I'm not backing up now. And just shortly before he died, 
sick with meningitis on his deathbed, fixing to leave this world. They found one more place in his Bible with two more words. No regret. No regret. No reserves. No retreat. No regret. Preacher, what are you saying? When I was a little kid, we had old-fashioned day at church. And that was really cool for a little redneck kid because that's when we got to wear overalls to church. Amen? Now we realize that God don't care whether you wear a suit or not, so I can wear T-shirts. Amen? Right there. Amen. But we got to wear overalls to church. They always barbecued hogs. They'd get like three or four hogs and put them on the grill. Everybody cooked dinner on the ground. For some reason, I'm thinking yum, yum, partial right now. It's just in my head. Amen. I mean, it was so awesome. Get to see everybody. And for a little kid, it was great, man. I mean, old-fashioned day was always cool. And for old-fashioned day, we'd have this, we'd have this, this contest that, that, that uh, whoever brought the most people would win a Bible. I mean, it was just like a traditional thing. And, and so one year when I was a little bitty fella, I had the most people. I'd got a big old crowd came for me and, and boy, I won a Bible and I was so proud. It was just like the one I've got now. Uh, the only difference is now I got a big eye Bible. <laughs> Amen. It's big words now. Amen. Thompson chain. I mean, I was so proud of that thing. It had my name on it. And boy, I carried it around. It was about half size I was. I mean, seriously, I, I it just weighed me down. I, I, but I was so proud of that Bible. And, 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 one particular Sunday, right after that took place, right after I got it, it might have been the Sunday that it was presented to me, uh, we went to Burger King that night, just out of the blue, I don't, I, that, that Sunday night, and I remember it just like it was yesterday. We walked in the door, and at the counter, at the counter of Burger King, was one of my missionary uh, heroes. That he, he was a eleme- uh, my elementary school principal, and he was a missionary to the Central America, and, 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 and went, was in Guatemala and, and El Salvador and different places, and just a cool, awesome guy. Still, still with BIMI right now, uh, Brother Bob Green. He was standing at the counter, and, uh, and, and I, I, I saw him. And I said, I got to show him a Bible. Man, I have got to show. He has got to see this Bible. So I run to the car, and I got my Bible, and I run back in there. And I said, look here, Brother Green. Look what I want. It's mine. I want it. Had to move. And I showed. And he, oh, he looked at it. And he was, man, look at my name right there in the front. He took my Bible, and he opened it up. And this is what he wrote. He wrote the words of Jim Elliott a missionary who was martyred by Indians who lost his life because he was trying to take the gospel to them. And they run spears in him and killed him. And this is what he said. This is what he wrote in my Bible. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And all of us are trying to hold on to things. All of us are trying to hold on to our life and our dreams and our desires and our wishes and our wants and and all of this stuff. And Jesus says, Jesus said this, if you try to hold on to it, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up for my sake, you will find it. And as I sat there and I saw that in my Bible, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Boy, today I think about no reserves, no retreat. No regret. When you get to the end of your life, I want to ask you a question. What's in your Bible? 
What's in your Bible? Are we going to try to live a life of comfort and convenience? Or are we going to be like Matthew and say, I'm leaving it all, and I'm going to follow Christ? Because, ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing overseas, it's coming. It's, com- it's already here. I saw a map, and I'm going way too long, but i got to tell you this. I saw a map of ISIS and their plans and, and, and part of the world that's blacked out with that ISIS flag. And, man, it put chills down my spine. I woke up this morning reading the headlines, airstrikes are doing nothing. And then once again, I thought, how will my people do? How will Temple Baptist Church members do if somebody holds a gun to their head and says, well, you deny Christ? Will we be able to stand fast and not be church attenders and not be church members, but true disciples of Christ? That's my prayer. And I pray that we all can stand fast and say, no matter what, I'm going to love Jesus more than anything else in this world. And all of God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, help us today.